Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. Hey guys, so we are going to talk about money today. And it's kind of crazy because not a lot of people talk about it. If you are me and you're listening to all kinds of podcasts, you're probably talking about money or listening to people talking about money often, which is awesome. And I truly believe there are seasons in your life where money is more prominent, I guess, in others. So it might be a season where you're making a ton of money for the first time ever, or you're stressed out about money for the first time ever, ever, or maybe you've been stressed out about money for a really long time. And I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I am not going to give you a positive tutorial on how to become a millionaire because I am not a millionaire at the moment. And I am really here to talk to you about different ways to be creative about making money and the mindset that I've had towards it and why my mindset has been a good thing and a bad thing. And I'm going to start with a quote because always I love quotes. And so this one is by Jonathan Swift. He says, a wise person should have money in their head, but not in their heart. And this speaks to me so much because I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but when I started Crossroads of Fitness, I just wanted it to be a blog. I wanted it to be a blog about fitness and helping people get the right protein shake and helping people lose weight. And I made money doing that. And so when you're on a personal mission to do something that you just feel pulled or compelled to do, oftentimes money does follow. So I want you to think about that. A wise person person should have money in their head, but not in their heart. And then the other one, today we have two, is that formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune by Jim Rohn. And this speaks to me because I have to be candid with you. When I moved to Boston and I was frustrated with real estate and unsure about what to do next, and you can ask my dad for, about this, I called him multiple times to ask him if he would pay for me to take the GMAT or to pay for me to do continuing ed to get into business school. It was something that I just thought, that's my way out. That's how I get out of Boston. That's how I leave this whole situation. And I had a real moment with myself and I realized like, I shouldn't go to business school because it's my way out. Like, yeah, I am fortunate that my family would help me financially to go to school if I want to. But the only reason I want to is because I'm running away from something. And so I'm not saying that an MBA is not valuable. I'm not saying that higher education is dumb because it's um, uh, brilliant. And I'm, I'm not saying that I won't go do that someday. But what I've done on my own has given me the most practical real life experience. And to all the people out there, I probably can't even count you all, that told me to work in the real world before going to law school or business school, thank you so much. Obviously, that just was never a part of, of my story, but it was a thing that I considered a lot. I considered it when I lived in Chicago. I considered it when I was a senior in college. And everyone said, you will have way more experience to apply what you then learn in business school once you've worked for a while. And I have to be honest, my boyfriend did the whole go to school, go straight to your MBA because it's what he needed for his finance job. And, and he 
said it was very valuable and he loved it. But for me personally, as an entrepreneur, you can study books and you can learn about how to start a business, but not everybody has that drive to actually start the business. Does that make sense? So everybody can read about it, but not everybody has that thing that they jump out of bed in the morning, excited to be a leader, excited to start something that makes an impact, right? And so this whole idea of self-education making you a fortune is that the word fortune is relative, right? It could be you know any sum of money, but when you're doing it yourself, you learn it forever and you rely on nobody. So anyway, just wanted to open up with that and explain to you just a couple um, mindsets that I have regarding money. Moving on. So as you guys know, I have a portfolio lifestyle. And today it's just me telling you a little bit about mine. And I am going to give you some firm tips on how you can, in fact, build a portfolio lifestyle that actually makes sense, right? So we're going to go through my life as an example. And I will say like, in this lifestyle, I've made six figures. It's it's very doable. But there's a couple things that have to be in place for that to happen without you being exhausted. And what's actually really interesting is that I listened to Jess C. Lively's podcast about uh, almost a year ago. And she interviewed somebody who said, you can hustle your way to a million dollars, but then by the time you get there, you're absolutely exhausted. And so this is for the person that wants to work for themselves in, or this was a person who works for herself in an online business situation. And that really stuck with me because as you all know, if you've listened to my other podcasts, I've lived that life. I have been in a life where I'm up at 3.30 and working literally all day till 9 p.m. and at my desk all day and doing way too many things without a lot of income coming out of that or just enough. So I was like, you know, that's not for me. I'm not going to totally pour myself into Crossroads of Fitness because there, number one, there's other things my heart's calling me to do. And number two, I'm, I hustled my way to I don't even remember what what it was in 20, I think 2016. It was probably closer to, I don't know, $60,000 in online business, and which is great. It's very great, but I was exhausted. And the whole time I just knew this, this isn't sustainable because I needed to scale it. And the reason I didn't scale it, I just kind of toned down how much business I was doing was because of the other things I had on my plate. And so there are way, and when the, the woman who said you can hustle your way to a million dollars, she was talking from the perspective of doing it pretty much on your own, if that makes sense. And again, this is a life coach that was speaking. She isn't a coach. So it could be life coach, it could be fat loss coach, it could be an online trainer, something along those lines where you're pretty much a one man show. So obviously, if you're a one-man show in real estate, you can make a million bucks pretty easy. And other industries, I'm sure that's very possible. But I'm talking to the person more in line with the life coach or the fat loss coach because people like us can start from nothing because what you're selling is yourself. And everybody has a story. I mean, you could be a woman in Iowa who writes a blog about how much she loves dog walking and become your own dog walking on the online business 
in that situation, you would also be selling yourself. People want you to walk their dogs because they feel like they know you via your blog or your podcast or whatever, right? And so that's the kind of business that I'm talking about. Now, let's switch gears for a second and we'll come back to that. So when I started having a side hustle, I started right out of school. I had a full-time job and my side hustle was teaching fitness classes at Shred 415. And you know, you you make money via your class rate and then you make money with if you sell out a class. So every person over, I don't remember what the number was there, but every person over a certain amount of people, you make money on top of that. So you make like $2 a person on, you know, for every extra person over a certain number. So it does encourage people to sell out classes, right? So that's my side hustle. My full-time job was sales with a commission. Then I quickly switched to real estate development, which you guys know about if you've listened to the podcast. And at that time, I was also doing stuff on my own, which was my first taste of how easy it is to find money. And I love saying find money because I don't know about you, but when I hear the words find money, like a lot of people will think like, oh, I found money in my coat pocket, which is the best. Um, I found money in the couch or randomly on the floor somewhere. It's my lucky day, that kind of thing. And that's how it feels when you create an opportunity out of thin air. So for me, I wanted to teach TRX classes and I found a gym that would allow me to rent their space. And because they knew I was 22 and had nothing and you know, <laughs> was just starting, they didn't make me pay them at first. They just let me use their space for free and then I started paying them a small percentage of what I was making, right? And then I realized I wouldn't have to pay them anything if I coached the workout outside at the park. So then again, making money. So I had three streams of income. I had my salary, which was my reliable thing. I had my Shred 415 job, which varied because number one, if I sold out classes, I'd make more. And number two, if I stepped up to sub classes, then I would make more money because I'm teaching more. And then also my park classes. So, you know, I'm just trying to think of someone else. Maybe you have a full-time job. You want to drive for Uber. It's as many hours as you put in, you get out of it, but they're only going to pay you so much. Like maybe that would be like shred. And then maybe you do makeup. Maybe you do hair for people. Maybe you clean people's garages. I don't know, but it, the, those types of things, you can set your prices, right? So what what's actually nice is that if you don't love your salary, that's fixed, but it's livable. Maybe it pays all your rent or it pays most of your rent. Obviously, you want to keep that around. So super important in the portfolio lifestyle to have one thing that is reliable. Obviously, nothing's certain in this world, so you could get fired at any time, which we'll get to later, but it's important to have one thing, whether it's $500 a month or $2,000 a month or $7,000 a month that you know is coming in at any given time, right? Okay, so you have that thing settled. Then you have something that's also like pretty certain, but it depends on your hustle. Now, I love these ones because I'm a hustler. So I like knowing that the money's pretty attainable so long as I do X, Y, Z. But I also love that there's something higher to achieve if I put in the work. So again, I'll use Shred as an example, which is now in my life currently, Barry's Bootcamp, that should I decide that I want to teach more classes or I get a better time slot where I can sell out, that I can make more money, but it's still obviously within a certain range. So you have your fixed income, you have your slightly varied income that depends on your hustle. Then you have like a creative bucket. We'll call it a bucket. 
This could be selling artwork. It could be the doing makeup for somebody. This could be podcasting. This could be nutrition coaching online, right? So those are three pretty simple ways to separate it. And if you have many irons in the fire or just a few irons in the fire right now, pause me after the following, what I'm about to say. List them out and look at which one makes you the most money. It might not be the fixed one. In a perfect world, the one that makes you the most money is the one that you want to be fixed, right? So let's say your salary is $35,000 a year, but you have the potential to make 50 grand a year doing art then you, you're going to have a, a, an issue with priorities. And I have actually dealt with that myself. But you have to go, and this is a little thing that my boyfriend always reminds me with, about you have to go with the thing that is going to happen no matter what, right? So even if your art is going to sell for 50 grand, maybe, but your normal job that's 100% reliable is only 30 grand a year, you have to show up for that first, unless it's a really unique situation, right? So that's kind of the way that I divvy them up. So I would look at your list and just take a moment to jot down how much you make over a year for each one. Or sometimes it's helpful to look at it monthly if maybe your income is, like for instance, a real estate broker, you're, you're not gonna make money every month in, in every case. In, in some cases, you make commissions. Some people have monthly stipends. Some people have... A, sal- a small salary with you know a commission component. So list those out and see if you can categorize them into those three buckets. The reliable one, the hustler one, and then the creative one. That's kind of like TBD. <laughs> Be right back. We'll figure this out, right? Okay. So now that you have that, we'll move on. So in my case, I have, we'll call it, oh gosh. So this is interesting. There was a point over the actually the last two years where my group fitness classes and my online business and real estate were all kind of neck and neck. So I had to really decide like, okay, I know what I'm making, you know, no matter what, just for kind of showing up. Now, where's the potential here, right? Like what is going to potentially pay me the most and what do I love doing the most? And so That was also really interesting because it goes against what my boyfriend, who's a big finance guy, had advised. He had said, you know, yes, today you're making, like this was again two years ago, so these things always change. But he said, yes, you're making technically more today via this thing, but this other thing, which would be real estate, could make you quadruple that in one year if you spend your time and energy on it, which is true. So I had to really put that first on the list. So that's pretty tough because you obviously can't be in a million places at once. And it's frustrating because you want to do everything when you're in this lifestyle. So that being said, you do have to go in a lot of times where the money is. So that's another tip of advice. Like if you can clearly identify that one has more potential that you need to give time to, then you have to go there and you have to adapt and you have to adjust. But what's interesting for me is as soon as I started my business, it made for the first 
basically two years, a little more than two years, it made me more than anything, my own business. So that thing, that creative bucket that we discussed that has the you know potential to do whatever and you're setting your own prices and you're, you know, whether you're cleaning garages or selling art where you set the price, I did the most. And I could rely on myself, right? I could decide how much I wanted to charge. I could decide when I wanted to work. I could decide how many hours I was going to work. And that is a really cool thing because if you're motivated, the sky's the limit. Again, you're making that opportunity out of thin air. And you just have to look at what your talents are. And mine was coaching and relating to people and helping them make lifestyle changes with the Dare to Eat program. And I loved it. And as long as I loved it, I put more energy into it and it made more money, which is awesome. But as real estate came back into my life and offered you know, a pretty good monthly stipend. And I knew the potential of what closing, you know, one deal could make. I said, okay, I got to put some of my effort here. And oh, by the way, I'm a creative and started writing a book at the same time. So I started my novel about seven months before I started real estate again there. And the the novel's paying me nothing, but that was like a life goal, right? So I'm not going to give up on that. And so when it comes down to time, I split my, I all of a sudden made my business the non-negotiable. Like I'm never going to stop. It's always the first thing I do in the morning. I reply to all my emails. It's the calls I'm going to schedule in. It's the priority I'm going to have. And then my group fitness classes kind of went back to the place where they had been when I had my full-time job, where they, they weren't really making me as much money as the other things. Not to mention, there's really no upward mobility in group fitness. There are so, 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 so many opportunities that come from teaching group fitness, but whether it's group fitness or it's personal training, it's kind of like babysitting. It's only as many hours as you can put in, except imagine the, that babysitting involved carrying around all three kids for that full hour, right? Like it's it's manual labor. And so your body can only do so much manual labor. And if you do too much, then you're going to be so wiped out that your brain isn't going to be creative to do a creative project or your own business or anything like that. And so I said to myself, okay, I know where my max is and I need to step away from that because I've been operating at that level and it's holding me back. So I quit teaching spinning classes and I dropped down to only teaching, you know, five to seven classes a week um, at Barry's Bootcamp. And with that, it became, you know, my, my smaller but reliable, like very reliable thing because when you don't have a salary from, you know, a technically, like I hate this term, but like a real job, like people don't consider teaching a real job group fitness. But when you have something reliable, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep that as reliable. So long as I teach my six classes a week, then I'm good and I can put all my other time into my real estate work and pushing my novel when I have time. And then my online business just continued to kind of run itself. And a really cool quote that I actually heard Jenna Kutcher say is, she said, you want to have a business that can run while you walk. And she was using it in the example of the fact that she's about to have a baby and she, you know, needs to slow down a little bit, but she's created this operation that can run while she's at a walking pace, right? So my business has been jogging while I'm sitting on the couch, if that makes sense. And so anyway, going back to what to do when all the buckets are like kind of rising and lower. It's like if I had five buckets in a park and like one person walks up and takes a scoops a cup of water out of one of them. 
And then all of a sudden it rains and the other ones fill up a little bit more. And another person scoops a cup of water out of another bucket. Like all the buckets are constantly changing for me. And that was one thing that was really, really tough for a while until I made my first big commission check from real estate. I mean, I made some sizable ones along the way, which continued to motivate me to put my effort there. But once I got like a big check that was like putting the other buckets to shame at that moment, I was like, all right, I don't know what to do. And then once that happened, I was like, I know exactly what to do. You know, I'm going to continue to do things that make me happy. Like, for instance, podcasting has become what writing blogs used to be for me. I enjoy it so much more. You know, I studied journalism. So I, you know, interviewing people is like innate in me and I, I love it. But the problem with podcasting, writing blogs, writing a book even is that they're not huge money makers. And so it goes back to that quote that I said in the beginning, we'd come back to it in that you have to have, your, your, your money has to not live, it has to come from your heart. Nothing, you can't, money cannot be something that you're driving after because, okay, the quote was, a wise person should have money in their head, but not in their heart. And, you know, if money was in my heart, I wouldn't have started a podcast. I wouldn't have written my book. I spent most of my savings publishing that thing. And obviously publishing goes into editor's fees. It's not like, it's a, it's a, it's a whole huge endeavor. But when you chase the things that you care about, you spend money along the way. Um, you don't always make money along the way, but you feel fulfilled, right? And I truly, truly believe that money will follow. So if you're doing what you feel called to do, you are operating you know, your talents and you're engaging with people in a meaningful way, again, money will follow. You have to trust that. And in the early days when you're not really making money anywhere, you have to look at it objectively. And this is the hardest part, especially for people who are more like right-brained like I am. Look at it objectively and really, truly look at the facts and say, what is actually making me the most money today? And a good example is I had a time where I was getting a lot of inquiries for personal training and I hadn't raised my rates in a while and I wanted to, but I felt bad and I just didn't, again, it's it's not, personal training wasn't a business of mine that I wanted to expand. So, but I didn't want to say no to people I cared about. And I just thought, well, you know, teaching at a group fitness class is going to make me more or doing real estate is going to make me more. Like, why should I still show up for, I don't know, let's call it 50 bucks. It wasn't, but make it easy. And my boyfriend said, well, that sum of money, if you actually divide like what you want to make on a year basis, if you divide that by 2080, which is as many, you know, if you're working a 40 hour work week, that number's still okay. So while it feels exhausting or it doesn't feel good, that's still a pretty damn good hourly rate. And that was like a really good way for me to look at it because it made me feel like, okay, it might not be what I really feel called to do right now, but I'm going to enjoy my time with that person. I'm going to impact their life. And you know, this rate is actually not that bad. So I advise you to look at what you're charging and, or maybe do backwards accounting. So go to like your total, I'm going to actually pull up my calendar and do this while I'm recording with you. So you pull out your calendar or your calculator, and let's say you want to make $250,000 a year. You divide that by 2,080 hours. And that's assuming you have a 40 hour work week. You need to be making 120 bucks an hour, right? Now, in my case, I'm working way more than 40 hours a week. So 
I can actually drop my hourly rate, if that makes sense, if that was what my goal was. So that's a really interesting way to think about your time and how much you need to charge. And there's other things to consider. Like if you're driving Uber, you need to consider like how much your car costs and your insurance and all of those things like operating costs. But there's different ways to think about your value and your time and how much it's worth. And I just, again, want to take a moment to like, I don't want to say commiserate because it's kind of a negative word, but to just empathize with you and say, look, like, I know what it's like when you're doing a million things and you're like, but I'm not making money on any of them. Ah, so frustrating. All I can say is don't give up on any of them. It's like the saying like, you know, not to burn a bridge because you never know when you're going to need it. And, you know, I've thought at certain points because I'm not marketing my fat loss business that I'm just going to have to stop it or like won't have any clients, but I've never not had clients my content's still out there. My network's still out there. Word of mouth marketing is still out there. And I'm constantly having people come in because I know I, and I, I still hold the belief that I have the ability to impact someone's life, right? So to kind of just go back to the beginning here, if you have multiple things going on and it's not as black and white as like a salary and a side hustle, <laughs> you have like multiple things that are paying moderate amounts, Right. Look at the one that's the most consistent, that's going to pay you no matter what, and don't give up on it until you can, <laughs> if, you, if you don't like it. And then look at the one that has the ability to work more because there are weeks when you're going to feel motivated and you're going to feel like, oh, I want to buy more Christmas presents or I really want to earn more money for who knows, a new camera or whatever, so money to build a website for your creative bucket, right? And having the ability to have a job that has that flexibility, like Uber, where, again, I'm just using Uber because so many people know about it, where if you want to put more hours in, all you have to do is turn on that damn app, right? And if you want to make more money within the hours you are working, maybe you drive during surge pricing, cool? So like that's like, if you're a group fitness instructor, like you know if if I pick up more sub opportunities or I take on more classes, I'm going to make more money. Or if I sell out my classes, I'm going to make more money that is going to help you get through the hard times. It's going to also empower you because you're going to watch yourself work harder and make more money, which is amazing, right? So then you have your creative bucket. And this is the one that I also don't think you should ever give up on because this is where a lot of us get fulfillment. It's where we feel purposeful. Like, again, I am not saying an Uber driver doesn't feel purposeful and I'm not saying that I don't feel purposeful when I'm teaching group fitness classes because I used to feel the most purposeful there and, and I still do. It's just normal to me now to be to be in that role. I've been in it for so long and I enjoy it and I so appreciate it and I know that I have an impact, but it doesn't fulfill me as much as it used to compared to the way, say, podcasting fulfills me or mentoring someone fulfills me, or coaching fat loss fulfills me, right? So having that creative bucket is not only a way to like add to your life and your person and your character, but also to have the freedom to set your own prices. You know, you can't set your own prices on Uber. You can't set your own prices in a group fitness like big corporation. You can't set your own prices when you're working for someone else at a large company. And those buckets can sometimes be the sneakiest ones that end up paying you the most money. And so, again, I've kind of narrowed it down to three. You have the static, the reliable, the maybe boring, maybe you don't love it, but it's a job and it's it's there and you're going to show up no matter what. 
And then you've got the hustle that like literally the more you hustle, the more money, money you can make. But there's someone else giving you that money. And then there's the bucket where it's you, you versus you. You make the money, you set the prices, you go for it. And when you're in that position, it is tough because like I experienced, there's going to be moments when everything is making the same amount of money. And so you just have to look at the future and say, if there's a sure thing that one's going to make you more, that's like where you spend your heart and your soul and like your energy while still showing up for the other two right? Always have to show up, show up, show up. And for those of you who are listening to this right now, who just have a job, one job, simple, not simple, like not easy, but simple. Like you have one job, one person or team you report to at one building or at home. Maybe, just maybe I've inspired you to think about what else you might be able to do to make money. And I'm not saying just because you should be money hungry. I'm saying that I've just never experienced one job that fills me up in all the ways, if that makes sense, right? Like I've always loved my jobs, but I've always had to do multiple things to feel completely fulfilled in this life. And whether you're money motivated, so you want to pick up a side hustle or you're like, wow, like that would be pretty cool to have three streams of income. Or I actually do have some spare time. Try it. Think about it. Think about what you like to do. Like how could you make money doing it? Like my brother, I'm like, hey, you should teach lacrosse classes or my other brother, you should teach surfing lessons. Like you'd be so good at it. And again, I'm suggesting those because I know that they would love doing it. So I just want this podcast to give you a little bit of motivation to know that having multiple jobs can make you six figures. I'm sure it can make you seven figures. And there's going to be times during this plight of a portfolio lifestyle where it's not really going to be easy to identify what you should spend your most time on. But as long as you can identify these three positions, whether it's a reliable static job, it's a hustle job, or it's a creative bucket where like the world's your oyster, that should be able to help you figure out where to spend your time. And then also like your day-to-day flow. Like group fitness is the only thing in this world that tells me where I need to be and when. Otherwise, I can be wherever I wanna be unless I've set a meeting for something, I guess, right? So I'm always showing up for those and I build my life around that. And then I set my own workflow with my various other businesses. So you have the power to do that too. And again, this might all sound really stressful to you if you're listening to it, but this is why I have a podcast. This is what I want to shine light on. I want people to be aware that you can have multiple jobs and it's tough to piece together, but it's so freaking like possible. You just have to have the ability to identify a job that is reliable, to have a creative part of you that desires more, right? You're like really crazy about something, whether it's art or music or performing or driving for Uber or coaching and get after it. And I will warn you, I think I kind of already have The creative bucket takes money. It does because it takes money to make a podcast. It takes money to write a book. It takes money to have a website for whatever business you want to have, right? So all of that being said, I hope that this gets your wheels turning. I hope that this brings you good fortune. And I hope that if you have any questions, you will reach out, whether it's on Instagram or it's 
on my website and just shoot me an email or a question just saying, hey, like I want to talk more about this because I'm sure I'm going to get some questions from this one and we can make a follow-up episode. So for all of you out there hustling, keep it up. The sky's the limit. I wish you good fortune. And as always, dare to move. Thank you guys so much for listening. These solo casts are my chance to connect with you, to act as your coach, your mentor, or give you insight on mindset tips that I've used in order to juggle many things at once. I would absolutely love to connect with you on Instagram at Garrett N. Wood is my handle. And I truly want this to be a podcast, Dare to Move Nation. And so if you are listening and you are feeling inspired, here's two things you can do today to feel like you're on it. You're on a mission. You're getting after it. Number one, wake up earlier, make a post about it, whether it's in your story or a post, like a real post, and hashtag Dare to Move. Also, try move with, get up, turn the app on, find a coach. You can work out with me. You can work out with any other coaches out there. Do a body weight workout, do an at-home workout, do a treadmill workout, move your body, change your life. And of course, tag me, tag the podcast at dare to move podcast. We want to see you moving. We want to see you making change. I have over 70 workouts you can do to my voice. So if my voice is not bothering you yet, go ahead and let me be your coach. Let me train you. Move with me and move your body to change your life. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, DM me on Instagram, comment, subscribe, rate us. We appreciate your help so much. And as always, dare to move. Move.